When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by Third Love. If you are anything like me, the first thing you do when you get home is take off an itchy, uncomfortable bra. We all know that finding a great fitting bra that you forget you have on is basically magic, and Third Love has done that. They are an exciting new lingerie brand that uses real women's measurements to create better fitting bras. They also have an awesome fit specialist online where you can make sure that you're ordering the correct size. Third Love has a 100% fit guarantee. Returns and exchanges are always free. And just for all the books listeners today, you can try Third Love's best-selling 24-7 t-shirt bra for free for 30 days. You just cover the shipping. Start your free trial now at thirdlove.com slash books. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 72, and today we are talking about books released on September 20th, 2016, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hey, hey. Hi. We're on game two of the doubleheader. Yes. Yes. We're going to do it. I'm trying to think where I will be when, when, I think I will be in Rhode Island at NEBA when this goes out i will be home from vacation yeah. when this uh show airs so i will have gone and then returned yes so pretend to tell me about all the fabulous books you read go yes yeah or <laughs> the, how i just lazed around for a week who knows what's gonna happen i mean um, like fake it right now like tell me all the oh, books that you read i don't, read I don't everything know. that you brought i'm totally caught up on ones. my tbr pile from the last 10 years <laughs> <laughs> There was I a terrible inflatable flamingo accident. <laughs> <laughs> I only lost one pair of sunglasses in the ocean this time. Uh, and I will have finished an audiobook on the drive. Awesome. So, yeah. Let's there you just, go. Um, this is past me talking to future me, I guess. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Before we start this show and get to your top pick, I just want to shout out really quickly. We are less than two months away now from Book Riot Live. It is November 12th and 13th in New York City. I will be there. You will be there. The whole Book Riot crew will be there. A bunch of amazing authors, Walter Mosley, Mara Wilson, Charlie Jane Anders, Jade Chang. So, so many more are going to be there speaking. We'll have panels and special events and parties, and it's going to be a great time. So please come join us, bookriotlive.com. Use the offer code MoreCats, M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S, to save 20 bucks on your registration. If you're thinking about coming, if you're not sure, if you have questions, please feel free to hit us up on Twitter. We can point you in the right direction. We would love to meet you and to help you meet your new best bookish friends. All right. So much fun. Take it away, Lib. My first pick is awesome. It's called Three Dark Crowns by Kendare Blake. I don't actually know how to say her name. Is it? Kendare, maybe? Um, someone please sure. correct me. I couldn't find it on the internet. I looked at booktubers, and everyone says it differently. Um, it's K-E-N-D-A-R-E. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Um, she wrote Anna Dressed in Blood, which was like a horror YA novel that I really enjoyed. But this one is 
so excellent. Uh, it takes place in a land where, in every generation, a set of triplet girls are born. And when they are young, they are separated and begin their training as is decreed by the high priestesses of the land. And what are they training for? Uh, why? To kill one another. Ooh. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, because when the sisters turn 16, they each become a queen. And then they have one year to kill the other two. It's it's completely bonkers. That sounds um, intense. Yeah. So, you know, each sister is raised with a special skill. Um, there's Catherine. She is a poisoner. She is poisoned every day, forced to ingest things. And her her pet is a, is a very venomous snake. And, you know, she's just building up this immunity to poison. Um, Mirabella is an elemental. She can call up storms and change the weather and do all kinds of crazy stuff with that. Um and Arsno is a naturalist. She has, like, she can control an animal familiar and cause, you know, plants to bloom and grow and, and do all this stuff. And you get a, a little taste that there are also some other skills that other um, queens have had in the past. Like, there's the Queen of War, and then there's one who has, like, special mind-reading skills. It's this whole very elaborate, complicated world. It's so fantastic. Um, and the people in the lands, they sort of form alliances, like they decide like this, you know, some people think like Catherine is going to win, so they want to be on her side, and then some people are betting against, you know, against her. Um, and we follow along as the sisters, you know, turn 16, and they begin to prepare for this, you know, killing, basically, um, for their meeting. Um, but they, they're, it's very complicated. They don't really enjoy being queen. Like, would you want to be poisoned every day? Like, no. You know, it's it's terrible. Or, like, you know, force, they're forced to do, like, terrible things, like try out their powers on, you know, servants and stuff. And, and they, sometimes they try to run away, and, and they just, they don't enjoy it. They're also, like, being held out there, like, meat, you know, for, for suitors. Like, you know, you know, which man is going to, you know, get the queen? Like, should you, you know, court this one? Is she going to win? Um, it's just all very complicated and, and there's a little romance, you know, they each, like, have, you know, the person that they themselves are interested in who could or could not be, you know, king if, if they become queen, um, the queen queen. And there's a lot of backstabbing, and it has this completely crazy pants ending. Um, I, like, I don't like to read books when I know that there's going to be more in a series, like, until it mm. all comes out, usually. Um, but this one, I knew there, that, that, that there had to be, but I just went ahead and read it anyway, and I read it so fast, and unfortunately, the numbers on my uh, digital galley did not meet up with, like, the end of the book. It just ended, and I was like, ah, but there's all these pages left, but it was a big lie, and I was like, oh, yeah, it has this completely crazy pants ending. I cannot wait for the next one. It's so good. Again, it's called Three Dark Crowns by Kendare, Kendare, something, <laughs> Blake. I, I love it and hate it when that happens, like when you're reading nonfiction, especially, and you're like, I am conquering this 600-page book, and then you get to, like, page 515, and it's all of a sudden the index, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I did it. I yeah. guess it's over. I wasn't quite ready, but yeah. yay. You, like, you don't know. Yeah, my first pick this week is for the publishing nerds and I guess the numbers fans in the house. Uh, it's called The Bestseller Code, Anatomy of the Blockbuster Novel. It's by Jody Archer and Matthew L. Jockers. And this is a book that attempts, I have not read this yet because we're recording this show super far in advance. Um, I've been looking at it and this is a sort of the data from a five-year study of 20,000 novels where they input just the words from the novels to try to figure out, like, is there really 
something that connects best-selling novels? Is there more than the hype? Because you know when people talk about like E.L. James or they talk about The Da Vinci Code, which I do love. I love me some Dan Brown. Um, they talk about like, oh, it was, just, it was just so hyped up. And like certainly one of the factors in making a book a bestseller is a publisher putting a lot of money behind marketing that book. But it's not guaranteed to work. Publishers spend lots of money marketing books that are flops all the time, way more often than they would like us to acknowledge. Um, and so there's got to be something going on there. So these two people, Jody Archer and Matthew Jockers, are researchers. They are statisticians, and they input the words from 20,000 novels into some fancy software that I'm going to learn about when I read the book um, to figure out what it is. And there actually is an algorithm. And like, so caveat, since this is backwards looking, this algorithm fits onto the books that they put into it. But we're not sure that it can be used to predict which new books will be a bestseller. And you probably should not read this book and like take it as a formula or a guarantee that if you follow these rules, because they're looking at like, why do bestsellers of genre fiction like um, like E.L. James or John Grisham or Nora Roberts belong on bestseller lists? How do they make their way there um, and end up alongside literary writers like Juno Diaz or Donna Tartt? What do all of those writers have in common or what do, what do their books have in common? The book is supposed to also be a larger scale look at the relationship between creativity and technology. Um, art is supposed to be this, you know, like ethereal, unexplainable thing uh, that just works. And I think we feel that way about books, but these authors are looking to find out if there's something more to it than that. Like, it kind of feels like there must be because people fall for the same books in these, you know, big waves that make the books into bestsellers. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical of trying to apply an algorithm to the creation of art, but I'm, for that reason, even more interested. I love statistics. I'm really fascinated by um, what happens in publishing to make books phenomena, especially because many of the ones that make the bestseller list often get poo-pooed as not being, you know, of high quality literature. Uh, so I'm going to read this. I will maybe be reporting back after vacation um, that I read it if I, you know, can put my reading glasses on on the beach and not get too much sunscreen on them. Uh, so again, it is the bestseller code anatomy of the blockbuster novel, and it is out today. Like, the other books that we're talking about because that's what this show's <laughs> like about everything like everything else i just i'm just talking now hilarious <laughs> that's okay to the first sponsor i'm gonna save talk me, about Liberty. something else now save me okay um would you like to hear the adorable joke that i read in the christine sneed book that i talked about on the last show yes i do what did the bra say to the hat the bra say to the hat i i don't know i have no idea you go on ahead i'll give these two a lift <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so cute. It's so dumb. Anyway, that it's would relevant. make such a good little cartoon. Yeah, that would be so cute. Um, our next sponsor, so nice. We're talking about him twice. It is Third Love. If you've been listening to the show, you know how much Rebecca and I love our Third Love twenty four seven T shirt bras. They are the most comfortable bras we've ever owned. I want to specify we each have our own. We don't share one. Um, <laughs> we're, we're close, but we're not that yeah. close. Well, we probably like, we lived closer, maybe. Um, but it's just, it's, it's like, seriously, the most comfortable bra I've ever owned. I don't think I've ever owned a comfortable bra until now. Um, I'm just imagining the bra version of the sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> which I have never read. I, I'm sorry. Um, but seriously, this bra, it is so comfortable. It's super smoothing. It's invisible under every outfit. The cups are made out of memory foam, so it molds to give you your shape 
like it molds to your shape to give you like the truly perfect fit. Like you're not forcing yourself into anything you don't want to. Um, it's it's just so fantastic. Uh, it has tagless foam padded hook and eyes, and it's super smoothing. Like the the material is very like soft and nice and relaxing. Um, it's just it's so great. Like uh, you know, like I said, the ones that I've had before were just absolutely terrible torture devices. And now, you know, I don't even realize, like, I have it on most of the time. Instead of, like, being squeezed to death, it's it's so nice to get to the end of the day and not, like, want to take your bra off first thing. Um, it's it's so great. And so, it, Third Love stands behind this product so much that they are willing to let listeners try the t-shirt bra for free. You just pay for the shipping. You wear it for 30 days. You take the tags off. You wash it. You wear it, whatever. Do whatever you want in it. Um, you just really try it out, and if you love it, keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, send it back for free, and your card will not be charged. And if you don't know your size, they have a friendly online fit specialist who will help you find your perfect fit. So you go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started, and, you know, start feeling better. Yeah, do it. Yeah. They're so great. Okay, next up, something yes. called Moon Cop. What is Moon Cop? Oh, like, if I could just write... If I could, like, make heart em- eye emojis, like, over the podcast, I would do that. <laughs> I love this little book so much. It's called Moon Cop by Tom Gold. It's out from John and Quarterly, who published, like, the most amazing graphic novel stuff. Like, just so fantastic. Um, and Tom Gold, he does these fantastic, I, I honestly don't know if they're webcomic only, um, but he, he writes these great comics. A lot of them are literary in nature, they, like, really funny jokes about um, different kind of bookcases and bookstores, and he, he's really smart with his literary references. Um, but this is a graphic novel, a very a very small, sweet, moving tale about, uh, spoiler, a moon cop. Um, it takes place in the future, in a time long past when people have left Earth to live on the moon. Like, we're so, like, we've already done that. It's so over that. Like, now that the moon's new car smell has worn off, you know, we've started going back. Like, people are starting to move back to Earth. Like, they're so bored with the moon. Um, so for the moon cop, aside from the occasional unintentional trespassing or lost dog, there isn't really all that much for him to do, like as the population of the moon starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller. He just rides around in his little moon buggy and drinks coffee and eats donuts, and it's just really relaxing. And I don't want to tell you like anything a good else. Life. Yeah, well, and a boring life. Um, I don't want to tell you anything else about it because it's only 96 pages long. Um, but it's the colors are great. It's done mostly in blues and silvers because it's the moon, and his people are cool. They have like these little tic tac shaped heads. Um, it's adorable. Like it hugged my heart. I love this Aww. book. Yeah, it's it's very small, but it's like a lovely little gift. Again, it's called Moon Cop by Tom Gold. Good things, small packages. Yes. Uh, my next pick is a paperback release of a memoir that I loved last year. It's Troublemaker by Leah Remini. Um, she was the female lead on The King of Queens. She's an actress. You've seen her in many other things. She played Stacey Carosi on Saved by the Bell many years ago. Um, that's a reference for those of you who were born before millennials were a thing. Um, it is fantastic. It's about her life growing up in Scientology and then eventually leaving Scientology. Um, I am fascinated 
fascinated with fringe religions and I've read a ton about Scientology. This was one of the best memoirs that I've read. Um, I actually listened to it on audio and it was really phenomenal. She reads it herself and she has this, you know, sort of like thick Brooklyn accent um, and this like tough attitude and she's so funny and direct and it's just phenomenal. Um, it was a great pleasure to listen to the story. She you know, she grew up in Scientology her whole life. So we hear about what it was like to be a kid with parents who were raising them in that culture, um, what it was like to be an adult and eventually in Hollywood where Scientology is really trying uh, trying to and has gained a lot of power, um, sort of what the machinations are that go on of trying to attract celebrities and get them to be spokespeople for the church and how all the money is raised and then where the money goes and what happens if you speak ill of Scientology publicly. Is it really as scary and threatening as like going clear uh, the great Lawrence Wright book about the religion would make it out to be. It's it's just really terrific. And then she writes very frankly about how she became disillusioned with the church and the process of leaving, of separating herself from the church, of separating from the people that had been her lifelong friends um, as she was getting out and what the consequences were and how it was worth it. It is phenomenal. If you are into Scientology books, it's a great one to pick up. Um, I also think if you've been like circling around audiobooks, but you haven't tried one yet, or you haven't found the right fit. This is a great audiobook experience. Um, so again, it's Troublemaker by Leah Remini, and it's out in paperback this week. I have never seen Saved by the Bell. Liberty. <laughs> I, I don't know how that... I was always reading Of books. all the revelations we have had <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, I've never seen Saved by the Bell. I'm afraid to have... Well, I'm not afraid. I'm sorry, because I, I know it does not really hold up. So... <laughs> I mean, I know a lot about it, like just yeah. you know, like you do with like pop culture things. But I watched one like they still have reruns of it on. It was in reruns when I was in like middle school and it's still in reruns on cable now. And I watched one not too long ago. It is not it, it does not stand the test of time. So <laughs> I think you're just going to have to never watch Saved by the Bell. I'll be OK. Yeah, I, I've been busy ingesting Narcos. With like the second season, is I have out. heard that's really great. Oh my goodness, it's so good! It's so good. I love it. I love a story like that when you know what's going to happen, or like I've read Killing Pablo, so I know what's going mm -hmm. to happen. Um, but like you're still like so invested in it, and it's so intense. You know, it's like that um, documentary about uh, Philippe Petit who watched the wire between the World yeah, Trade Centers. Yes. Like I've you know, like we know that he survived, but you're watching that documentary and it's so intense that you're like, oh he's gonna fall. He's gonna fall. He's gonna <laughs> fall. Like it's like that. Like watching narcos is like that. You're like, what's gonna happen? So it's uh, awesome. That's great. Uh, I'm almost done with Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which you recommended to me. Or yay! only the the first season is on Netflix. Yeah. So I'm almost finished with that. It's so ridiculous and fun. I love it. Yeah, I really enjoy that too. We are way off topic. Yes. Shall we go back to topic? Bring us back. Okay. My next pick is a book that came out a few weeks ago, but I did not get a chance to read it until now, and I'm so glad that I did. It is called Dead Loud Mouth by Victoria Houston. It is the 16th book in the Loon Lake series. 16? Yeah. I had no idea there was a 1 through 15, but I will be going back for them. Um, I heard so many great reviews of this. I was like, I'm just going to read it. I've also sort of loosened up my rule about only reading books in order, you know, like... Well, clearly. I, I, I was, like, not going to be like, well, let me read the first 15 so I can read this, you know. Um, it's from Tyrus Books, who... They're one of my favorite small publishers. I love them. 
not only do they send me books, but they handpick what they send me. They don't just send me everything. They send me things mm. like they think that I will really enjoy. And this one was fantastic. It's very small, very slim. Um, it's about the police chief of Loon Lake, Llewellyn Ferris. She gets called to the scene of a grisly discovery at a local strip club. A man and a woman have been crushed against the ceiling of the club by a piano while in flagrante delecto. Think about, think about that for a second. Like, how does that That's happen? A good, excellent deployment of that phrase. I was like, how could I not read this book? Um, it's int- Wait, crushed against the ceiling? Yeah, crushed against the ceiling by a piano. I'm going to wonder about that for a yeah, while. Yeah, right? So it's just this fantastic, like, you know, small town life mystery. Um, she has this great ensemble of small town characters. You know, the, the guy looking into it is named Doc, you know, and like all small towns. And, and it's like, you know, small town life, you know, versus wealth and power. Like one of the victims was a member of a very wealthy family. And he was the owner of the club, you know, and there's that sort of, like, power struggle. And, you know, Chief Ferris is relying on her close friends to help her solve this case while a big musky fishing tournament is is getting ready to start. Um, you know, like, fishing and it's, like, hunting. There's all this, like, small town stuff going on. And But on the first day of the tournament, a young girl goes missing. And now, not only does she have this, like, weird, you know, crime that has occurred in the strip club, but she's also leading a search and rescue. Um, it's it's awesome. I Like I said, I don't normally read books out of order. I'm very curious to, to go back and read, you know, at least the first few of this, you know, with all my spare reading time. Um, <laughs> she reminded me a lot of Archer Mayer, who writes these amazing mysteries. I call him, like, the best mystery novelist you're not reading he writes these great small town Vermont stories that I really love. Again, it is called Dead Loudmouth, and I don't think you have to have read the other books to enjoy it because I loved it. Uh, it's by Victoria Houston. Awesome. That brings us to our next sponsor this week. We have The Female of the Species by Mindy McGinnis. Mindy McGinnis is an Edgar Award-winning author, and this is a dark, riveting, contemporary young adult novel. It's about a girl named Alex Craft. She knows how to kill someone, and she does not feel bad about it. When her older sister Anna was murdered three years earlier and the killer walked free, Alex uncaged the language she knows best, which is the language of violence. As her senior year in high school unfolds, Alex's darker nature breaks out, setting her and two friends on a collision course that will change their lives forever. The female of the species is a stunning, unforgettable page turner. Mindy McGinnis does not hold back. She takes an honest look at violence and rape culture in the book as well. Alex Craft, the main character, has been called a teenage version of Lisbeth Salander from The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And this is uh, really appealing to a crossover adult audience as well as teen readers, um, adults who are looking for a YA novel that has a lot of substance. Um, It's a great conversation starter. It will have readers asking questions about what's right and wrong, about justice, about love, stereotypes, and again, also at violence and rape culture. The book, again, is The Female of the Species. It's by Mindy McGinnis. You can find it wherever books are sold, or we'll have a link in the show notes. Cool. We got a theme here, accidentally, I guess, of a couple books about killer girls. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't plan it. 
My next pick does not have a killer girl in it, but it is pretty killer. Uh, it's the paperback release of Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff, which actually happened last week on September 13th, but there were so many other things going on, I didn't get to mention it on the show. Fates and Furies, you are probably familiar with, uh, was one of the big books of 2015. It is about a married couple, um, about how they meet early on and have this sort of whirlwind romance. He's a golden boy playwright who had a a big success one after the other. And she has quietly been supporting him and, you know, doing the jobs that pay the bills um, while he's been trying to make it. Uh, But all is not well in their marriage. And Lauren Groff begins to take that apart. The book also contains text of a bunch of the plays that the character wrote. And so she's written plays within a book. Um, We get both characters perspectives. It is, um, it's, It's dark and honest. I love a twisty, turny book about marriage. um, And Fates and Furies is one of the best. It's just also so beautifully written. Her gift with language is really remarkable. And the books are so, her stories are so compelling that I think it's easy to overlook at first how gorgeous the sentences are. But this book is a real treat for the language too. Um, So the paperback of Fates and Furies is out. It came out last week alongside really pretty new paperback editions of Groff's backlist, including Arcadia, Delicate Edible Birds, which is a short story collection, and her previous novel, her first novel, The Monsters of Templeton. So if you have not read Lauren Groff, you can pick up all four of those in really nice paperback editions. Um, She is, I think, an essential contemporary novelist to be reading. I just, I loved Fates and Furies. I like still think about it. And I think I read it at the end of 2014. Um, So it's been almost two years. Uh, It's so, so good. Um, A great book also, if you're looking for a book club pick. Uh, or if you, like me, are headed on a, I guess by the time this show comes out, I'll be returning. But if you are headed on a vacation and you want just an, a terrific novel you can sink into and ignore the world, pick up Fates and Furies. So good. It's so good. Like, I know we've so talked about awesome. it on this show before, but there are new listeners who weren't listening when Fates and Furies came out. There are folks that have been meaning to read it forever and need the reminder. So con- t- consider this your nudge to pick up Fates and Furies. Um, you're going to tell me about your shopping list next, which I think yes. is my new favorite. This is like my favorite segment now. Yes, it's a little glimpse into what is at the top of, of what I will be picking up. I talked about uh, some books I wanted to get a few weeks ago. I believe I, I got all of them. Um, and since I'm going to be gone soon, well, I, I won't be back by the time this airs. But Yeah, you'll be, um, you will be out when this airs, yeah. right? Assuming that everything goes well at the Brooklyn Book Festival and I don't have to call you for bail money. Um, then now I will be in Rhode Island at NEBA, the New England Independent Booksellers Association conference, which will be awesome. Um, so, but here are some books on the top of my list that I found interesting. You know, I hear about things all the time. I don't just make recommendations. I take them. I love getting recommendations. Uh, the first one is one that I saw Amanda and one of the other rioters talking about yesterday called Dolly City by Ooh. Orly Castell Bloom. It is called Gruesome, Unhinged, and Hilarious. The most disconcerting literary work to come out of Israel. I was like, I'm there. Like, that's, Ooh. you know, that's what I want. I also want Masked City by uh, Genevieve Cogman, which is the sequel to The Invisible Library. If you love books about books and libraries, it's so awesome. Uh, this is the second one I'm excited to read. Um, I recommended Swan Song by Robert McCammon the other day to somebody and then went looking for my copy and couldn't find it. So I need to get a replacement. It's this apocalyptic sort of, if, if you like The Stand, if you like want to read alike, I find that to be a little similar. Again, it's called Swan Song. 
The Tumbling Turner Sisters, which I didn't get a chance to read before it came out a few weeks ago, but uh, Juliet Fay is the author. I've heard nothing but raves about this book, about sisters who join a circus in 1919, um, so I'm excited to get that. Uh, the other day on Litzy, a bunch of people were gushing about The Memory of Running by Ma- by <laughs> by, Mon- by Ron McClarty, which I haven't read, so I, I want to read that. I believe it's out on paperback now. And I also really want to get Nobody, Casualties of America's War on the Vulnerable from Ferguson to Flint and Beyond by Mark mm. Lamont Hill. Um, you know, I read We're Gonna Be Alright and the Ta-Nehisi Coates book, and I think this will be, like, in a similar vein and probably very important. Um, so that is what I'm looking to pick up. Cool. My last round this week is also from a recommendation. Um, I asked several weeks ago for recommendations of books related to mindfulness. And one of our listeners, Tracy, sent me a huge list that I ordered a bunch of them and I'm starting to work through. The first one is How to Sit by Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, He is a uh, Buddhist monk and a master of meditation and mindfulness. He's written very many books about this. Um, And this is the first book in a series of mindfulness essentials. The book is tiny, like it is physically tiny. It would fit in your pocket. um, And it's very short. And each chapter is like one paragraph or maybe even just a couple of sentences. So it's basically there's a different thought on every page or every set of pages. Um, And they are little, you know, sort of tidbits about how to think about your meditation practice, what sitting meditation is all about, what it's supposed to do for us, what it's not supposed to do for us. And then some of them are suggested sort of images Uh, to think about when you are going into sitting meditation or suggested meditations uh, themselves. So I have just started my sort of method of going through. I didn't feel like it would be useful to like read this whole book in one day, even though I could have read it in a short time because it's tiny, because like you're supposed to interact with the different pieces of advice and the thoughts that he gives you. Um, So I use the Headspace meditation app and I've been like reading one piece from how to sit each morning before I do do my headspace. And it's been really nice. Like I love the um the guide Andy on the Headspace app, but it's been really nice to have, you know, other thoughts, other ideas about meditation to bring into my practice and some guides, you know, some like thought guides about what it's not about as well. Um, I found it really useful. So that bodes well for the rest of the books that I binge purchased also. Um, But if you are thinking about it, some of you have tweeted me as well. Um, If you're thinking about getting into yoga and meditation, or if you're relatively new to it, or you've been doing it for a while, but you're looking to deepen your practice, I'm really enjoying how to sit by Thich Nhat Hanh. And thanks again, Tracy, for sending me that list. It was really terrific and helpful. So that is our show. Lots of tiny books today. Yeah, lots of tiny books, but good, really good stuff. Um, what are you going to read now? Oh, I am so excited. I just got The Lonely Hearts Hotel by Heather O'Neill. Ooh, what a Um, great title. Yeah, she wrote Lullabies for Little Criminals and uh, The Girl Who Was Saturday Night, which I absolutely love. And the description says, With echoes of the night circus, a spellbinding story about two gifted orphans in love with each other since they can remember, whose childhood talents allow them to rewrite their future. Ooh, awesome. Sorry, everyone, it doesn't come out until February, but I'll let you know how it is. Bob just listened to the Night Circus on audio and just totally fell for it, which I was a little bit surprised by. But now he's like, what else is like this book? And I've been like, that's kind of a hard question. Yeah, um, complicated. Will, yeah, <laughs> right. I'll have to I'll have to make a note of that. Uh, I think I'm going to read The Sellout by Paul Beatty, nice. which... 
is one of those that everyone talked about last year for how good it is. And they were so busy talking about how good it is that they blessedly for me did not really say what it was about. Alien Um, robots. Sure. Uh, (laughs) So I know it's a satire and that it has some things to do with race. And that is basically it. I love going into what I'm reading pretty blind to what the story is going to be. Um, So I'm going to read the sellout pretty soon before I inevitably get spoiled for it. Yeah, you should. I'm going to. Um, but I have it from the library and I'm afraid to take it to the beach and ruin it. Like I just made good Aren't with my library nice? after years of being afraid that I had a jillion dollars in fees. And so now I don't want to like return something that's covered in water and sand. <laughs> well, that makes you nicer than a lot of people. <laughs> I want them to like me. I want to be a good library patron. Uh, that wraps up our show this week. The next time you hear from us, we will have both um, vacationed and, you know, we'll make maybe a little bit more sense, but this has been really fun. (laughs) Thanks again to our sponsors, The Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial with the 24-7 t-shirt bra. And don't forget to check out The Female of the Species by Mindy McGinnis, which is out now and we'll have a link in the show notes. Of course, come hang out with us at Book Riot Live. That's bookriotlive.com to see the speaker lineup, the schedule that has been revealed so far. There's a lot more to come. And use the offer code MOREKATS, M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S, all one word, at checkout to save $20 on your tickets. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. If you've got more mindfulness book recommendations, please do send them my way. I'm on Twitter at Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you want to basically give us the digital version of a tip, you can leave a rating or a review for the show at iTunes. Let's us know how we're doing. And when you say nice things, it helps other book lovers find their way to us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. In the meantime, happy Happy reading. reading!